You're listening to Journey to Truth Podcast. While you're talking, it sounds like somebody's uh, shaking a maraca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I got my maracas here. Got to and the, your camera was just like shaking on your, like somebody's All right. hold, holding it with less, a nervous hand. I'll try to be less uh, animated. Hey, uh, CJ, you don't have a light. You could turn on to light up your face a little bit. You kind of look uh-huh. like, it almost looks like you're, you're trying to hide your identity right now. You just, just uh, <laughs> hang on. Uh, I'm going to pull a caramoni and go pee real quick. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. Just going to edit that out? Or? Yeah, yeah. So you think maybe that's possibly what you're connecting with when you when you were opening that portal? Is this an, an aspect of you, maybe? No. No. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's planetary. Wrong. There they are over there. He's, um, he's over there licking his butt. Oh, uh, hey, buddy. Tycon. Thumbs up. All right. All right. Welcome to Journey to Truth podcast. My name is Tyler Koala with Aaron Kuhn. And tonight we have on CJ Hasley. Uh, how's it going, CJ? It's going fantastic. Thank you all for having me. Uh, for those of you who don't know CJ, uh, he is an experiencer. Uh, I mean, you've been experiencing what you, you've, what you refer to as psychic phenomena and the unexplainable or the unexplained. Uh, how, what does that entail? Oh, man, that entails so much. I've just had weird experiences really like all my life. Like my first memory is of me being astral projected watching my mom push me through a uh parking lot like a grocery store parking lot while i'm you know i'm i'm just watching her and myself sleeping in a stroller and i had to have been like one and a half two and a half years old probably wow. closer to two and a half mark that's incredible i uh that i don't think i have anything like that any memories like that i never really knew what to think about it until I, I got older and learned what astral projection was other than that it was just this weird memory I had that I didn't really have much of an explanation for and I've got a number of those sure yeah. sure um so uh what's some of the other stuff that uh you've been involved in uh just do you want to give uh the listeners like a brief overview of yourself um so it's probably good to mention that whenever I was six months old, I was given vaccinations and within 24 hours, my body was completely paralyzed. My mom brought me back to the hospital and they had already erased my hospital records and they told her, uh, we're sorry, your child's never been here before. And then they proceeded to tell her that I was just lazy that there was nothing wrong with me and so which yeah which doesn't make sense at all (laughs) because one one more doctor after that told her that and then she went fine like to some sane people and they slapped something else on me post-viral lumbar myelopathy which is basically damage to the uh, lower spine from a viral infection caused by the vaccinations, which made my own body attack itself. Wow. And so that left me with nervous system damage, <clears throat> which I'm still working to heal. 
Now you've, so this happened when you were six, six, you said? Six months old. Six months old. Months, and they're, yeah. and they're trying to claim that you're lazy at six months old. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Lazy baby. What? Uh, <laughs> and then that's just been, you know, I've just been lazy all these years. Never so, really felt yep. like walking, you know. <laughs> Still lazy. <laughs> Still lazy. <laughs> yeah. So what uh so how does that how is that I you can you can get involved into it as much as you want, but that's obviously impacted you in your life's journey. You know, you've it's 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 been a struggle, I know, but you've overcome a lot of obstacles and you it's it's driven you to do research into vaccines and, and, and just the human body in general. And I've had conversations with you in the past where you just blew my mind with with some of the stuff that you know about how the human body works. It, it uh, maybe it just blew my mind because I don't know that much, but um, <laughs> uh, it was it was a re- very interesting and uh, it'd be awesome if you wanted to go into some of that because I think a lot of people need to understand one of the things you said is how so we get cancer every day, but our body is built to fight cancer naturally right and yeah so yeah literally every day of our lives probably you know on a hourly basis we get cancer in our bodies because all cancer really is is a cell that has mutated and it's no longer functioning in the normal right as a cell should and so it it's just wreaking havoc and the body knows how to shut those cells down so a cell mutates it shuts it down that cell dies all is well again but sorry you wanted me to explain just how the body like processes cancer or yeah how sorry you said it's always processing cancer every day right i mean like essentially we're, we're we're being bombarded with it all the time and our body's naturally fighting it uh, and I just think that concept's interesting because I had never been introduced to that, the idea of that until you had said something to me. Yeah, most people don't realize that literally just the intake of oxygen is, you know, de- degrading our cells moment by moment. And it's your body's natural antioxidants that restore it back to health because these free radicals what a free radical is and it is a reactive oxygen species so it's literally just an uncontrolled unstable oxygen molecule in your cell that's going around stealing electrons from where they're needed and wreaking havoc and when your body is in proper order we are designed to heal pretty much anything and that's what it does on a daily basis. We'll get cancer and we're healed from it. We are the cure to cancer is essentially the point to that. Yeah. So essentially when people get cancer, um, our body in a, in a healthy functional state is, is able to fight that off and kill it off. But so it's, it's more that the body is, our body has become unable to do that for a particular point that it gets that it grows out of control essentially right and Um, we have to seek that you know find where that imbalances and correct it to have a harmonious body once again that 
then heals itself. Exactly. So it's really not about healing something. It's about returning to harmony so that your body will heal itself because it already knows what yeah. to do. You don't have to think it out. It, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. interesting. That's interesting. And, <clears throat> and clearly the society that we live in, the foods that we're, in, that we're introduced to every day, everywhere you go. I mean, this stuff isn't designed to work with our body. Not, not for the most part. I'm talking about the commercial, the fast foods, the restaurants, all that stuff. Not and, at all. And that's where, that's where it comes into really honing in on your diet. Uh, and, you know, that plays everything. That plays a big part in it. And, you know, it, what, what, you, what you, you are what you eat. So you really have to start focusing on what you're ingesting because that is how your body heals. And, and that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, and fasting can do a lot for you too because oh, yeah. our bodies are so used to just constantly being bombarded by junk that just giving it a break can have a whole lot of healing effects because you know it just leaves us with our body, which already knows what to do. Now, now fasting, how, how long would you recommend a typical fast? Like if someone's just trying it, you don't want to just go kill yourself because you got to like slowly. <laughs> yeah, this is very just dependent on how you even feel at the time because like there, there are times where I can fast for two and a half weeks eating very little and just like intaking some nutrients through juicing, like just fruit juice and like I'll, I'll feel great for the two and a half weeks and then there are other instances where I can go you know all day without eating and then like yesterday where I ended up for I don't know why it's just like I was like shaking because I was so hungry and it didn't stop until I finally got something on my stomach and just whatever so, the body's asking for essentially yeah just yeah just you, you really got to tune in and listen and figure out what it's asking for because there's any sort of like there's the long-term fasting where you you know literally are not really eating anything for like a week or more and mm -hmm. that's 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 some hardcore stuff yeah uh and then there's like intermittent fasting where you're going a while without eating and then eating a little bit and so mm -hmm. you're, you're still getting an intake of food it's just significantly less than what your body is accustomed to and that's that's i feel one of the healthier ways to fast and yeah. one of the ones that i've experienced the most benefits from is just take about 25 percent or less of what you normally eat and try to just get the healthiest foods out of that and don't eat any more than that per day while you're for each day while you're fasting Mm -hmm. The one that I know works very well, which I, I stuck to for a while. I've not been near as good the past like year and a half, two years, but I, I stuck with for a while just munching like five to seven really tiny meals a day. Like just get a little bit every, you know, hour and a half, two hours and mm -hmm. just. I could see that you know, too. Yeah. Munch a little bit. And your body becomes accustomed to getting a constant intake of food. So mm. it tells itself that it no longer needs to store fat. So uh -huh. 
it's it's a really great way to trick your body into just burning a whole bunch of fat because it's like we don't need to store this anymore we're getting a constant influx of nutrients so well yeah one thing with diets is uh, it's the same as working out like there one workout is going to work for somebody it's not going to work for somebody else it's the same with the diet it might be the perfect you might have the perfect diet picked out for yourself <laughs> and you try and push that on other people. You need to do this. You should try this. It's helped me, but it's not going to help that person because we're all different. So that's one thing, you know, I've, I've noticed is that, you know, I have a lot of friends telling me, Oh, you should try this diet. I was like that really, I don't think that would work for me, but I, I might give it a shot. And this was something to keep in mind whenever you know in all in all aspects really for sure that's a that's a good point and also we're not always this we don't always respond the same to the same diets even so yeah exactly. yeah it, it's it's really everything changes with time so sure yeah i had time to uh one uh one time i had a bacterial infection in my uh stomach intestine and i had to go on a liquid diet for a week and I thought it was going to be the hardest thing I ever did. And it was uh, one of the greatest things I ever did. I had more energy that <laughs> week that I felt so good. I, I couldn't, I can't even explain it. And I did at the end of that week, I think this was years ago. I ended up eating like a Subway sandwich or something. I was starving and it was like the best sandwich I ever tasted yeah. uh, <laughs> at the end of it. But during that time, it really, it, I really did notice a spike in my energy, just overall, my well-being. I felt good. And, yeah, and I understand that a lot because whenever I'm fasting and just drinking fruit juice, there's no time I ever really feel better. There's just no brain fog whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. It <laughs> definitely yeah. tempts me to do that. Aaron said you said it earlier like eating one meal a day like you don't have to start like that you can just start with a time like so stop eating at eight o'clock at night and don't eat again until eight in the morning you're fasting during that period then then go from seven to you know nine in the morning you just you just keep yeah, that's or, like or go from like three meals to two meals a day yeah just gradually like do it this way yeah. you're not shocking your system entirely and like yeah yeah, yeah that's a good oh, yeah, recommendation in general always kind of move into it a little bit slowly don't shock your body yeah yeah it's also kind of the same with uh a lot of people they'll, they'll be like oh i'm gonna go vegan and then they'll go from eating like tons of meat to no meat at all <laughs> and then and then they get sick yeah and it's not good for you because i got sick when i tried it <laughs> or or uh oh it's just not for me and it's like well no it's you just you went from one extreme to the other immediately you can't your body do just that. doesn't know what to think no your body like went to shock man it's like your your whole like it's your um your body gets used to that to, to processing all whatever you're you've been eating for a while mm -hmm. and uh like your gut um bacteria and everything it's all it's all uh based on that and then if you just immediately switch to a completely completely different diet um your body's gonna it's going to have a hard time. You're going to probably get sick. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's at least for a while. It's, it's going to be like the shock we had when we saw CJ cut his hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got, yeah. you got to tell us why you did. You got to tell us why you cut your hair. Cause I was expecting some long flowing hair tonight. Well, well, part of it is that on the way to Puerto Rico, 
they confiscated my $40 shampoo because what? it exceeded the ounces that they allowed by like an ounce and a half. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh. So that was a contributing factor. And then I just trying to save up money to move to Oregon later this year. So I was like, yeah, I might as well cut out any expenses that I can. Yeah. Going to move to Oregon. And so where do you, where do you live currently? Uh, just like I bounce back and forth currently between, uh, Southeast Texas and, uh, like central New Mexico. Oh, nice. Like the Albuquerque area. Right on. That's going to so be, right be a little bit right of a now change. I'm in Texas. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the change, though. <laughs> yeah, I I love the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful up there. I've never actually been. Um, yeah, it's it's very pretty. It's actually one of the like areas, general areas that I'd like to move at some point to. But Get a little closer to some, maybe have a Sasquatch sighting or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, like I recommend people move out there for sure. Like, like bring all the community to Oregon. I, yeah. I, I can, I can live with that. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of uh, Sasquatch, let's hear about. <clears throat> do you do you feel comfortable going into some of the experiences that you've had that you told us about the one? Uh, would you feel comfortable in talking about any other ones? Um, I can I can definitely talk to you about some of my experiences. I've actually got a good story about Sasquatch. It's not my story, but uh, I have a friend who is a Vietnam War vet, and he had a above-top-secret crypto clearance in yeah. the military, yeah, in the Air Force. And during his time at uh, uh, Maelstrom Air Force Base in Great Falls, Montana, he actually, he saw Bigfoot. Like it wasn't connected to his, you know, service, but it was during his time in the military while he was out uh, adventuring around Montana, seeing the sights as he did every Saturday with his uh, military friend. And they were driving along this rocky, craggy area. And he said they came to the spot where up on a hill they saw something really large digging in the dirt and it looked like it was just you know scratching at some rocks and they stop and are staring at it and as they're staring at it it stands up to its full height and shouts and you know does that typical yeah it's really funny to hear this you know, 67 year old man give his Sasquatch call what he said <laughs> like. And oh, that's awesome. He, he tells me that it then it ran down this hill like full sprint and came right up to their car and posted its hands up on the hood and peered into the window. And he wow. said that. Wow he was looking at this Sasquatch in the eyes and he said it had soft brown and super intelligent eyes. He could just see how incredibly intelligent it was. And he said, as he was looking into his, into her eyes that he knew that she didn't want to hurt him. And he knew that she knew he didn't want to hurt her. 
Sure. And he said that she had breasts and that they were lactating. And so he was, he's really, he was she was a mama Sasquatch and that she had some young somewhere around there. And after, you know, looking him in, looking him in the eye for several seconds, she turns off and runs. And wow, uh, he was like, That's his incredible. friend is like, did you see that? He's like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and they get out and he said he put his big military boots into uh, this, uh, one of the footprints right there in front of his car. And he said, it just swallowed his foot up. Uh, like, wow. you know, like, like a footprint like this big mm-hmm. that just swallows your military boot right up wow that's yeah. a, that's incredible i actually that's, that's amazing that's one of the one of the better stories i've heard you might have finding Same. bigfoot knocking at your door <laughs> yeah i'm i'm excited to go up to uh east eddie ranch uh this year for the the conference up there oh man because uh, they have a lot of bigfoot they have a lot of bigfoot sightings up there when yes. i hear so maybe i'll, I'll get to see. go to that one day i uh i like emory smith uh I, he's talking about Bigfoot on Cosmic Disclosure on one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, autopsied a few Sasquatch bodies when he was working in the projects, and uh, they give you sh- short briefings on each species that comes into the room. And uh, apparently, you know, they're ETs, they're they're extraterrestrials, uh, mm-hmm. and they're they're not just on this planet, they're on many other planets and they're sent to each planet on, on missions. Essentially, he said they might be here collecting a certain type of plant or a certain type of, you know, something that's indigenous to this planet. And they're the perfect animal to do that because, I shouldn't say animal, they're the perfect species to do this because they don't need anything but themselves to survive. They can adapt to almost any environment. And you see the sightings of people or when people say just disappeared, well, they can trans teleport. That's part of their. I've heard that. Their, yeah. yeah, they're so they're so highly evolved that it's essentially we'll be able to do that in our future once we evolve to that level. But what happens is some of them who get injured, some of them get shot, some of them get ill, injured in any way. They they can lose that ability. You have to be in like tip top shape. Well, when you lose that ability, you're stuck here, and they don't and they. Do not come back for you. You get left behind. And that's why you'll see a lot of towns who have a, a Bigfoot sighting, like the whole town, everybody will say for a couple of years, oh, there's one, I've seen one, because he's he's had to make a home for himself in that town or in that local area. And that's why other sightings, you see them once and you never see them again. I just thought that was interesting uh, when he started explaining that. And when he tells... When he tells it, he's telling it like very matter of factly, like, no, this is exactly what they do. But I have just, I, after you look at it that way, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I have heard from multiple people, though, that they are, um, they phase in and out of our dimension, basically. That fits with um, uh, my friend's story, too, because he told us that after he got out and uh was checking out the footprints that they finally gained the courage to go search for her and they didn't know where she could have gone because it was just you know this rocky area with you know not much to hide behind and the direction she ran uh he said didn't have any you know 
obvious hiding spots and so they were just baffled as to where she went yeah so there you go right out of sight and then blinked yeah yeah and i've heard i've heard stories similar to that where they're like there was nowhere there's nowhere for them where for them to hide and they just were gone they're just gone they're just yeah. gone you're like where what happened <laughs> like where'd they go i had a interesting experience i didn't see anything uh I had this, I went to this local psychic fair. They have one the last Sunday of every month down the street from my house. So sometimes I go check it out. One of, this, one of the psychics uh, said she saw me at this Pickle Springs, which Pickle Springs is about an hour away from my house. It's, it's in Hawn State Park and there's trails. And the Pickle Springs, Pickle Springs is one of the trails. And she said she saw me there uh, with my bare feet in the water, absorbing the sun, like basically meditating. So I, I said, hey, what the hell? I'm going to go out there. The following weekend, I drove out there, and I hiked that trail. On the way back, I decided I was going to cross the river and come off the trail. And I, uh, I crossed the river, and I came across some footprints, like human bare feet footprints. But they weren't very large, so I kind of I shrugged it off. And then, and I was, I stepped stepped off off the bank and did like a spider web. And as soon as I cleared the web on my face. It was like this structure in front of me where these three trees were all bent into each other, just like all just like purposely like put that way. They didn't grow that way. And I started getting this really eerie feeling like something was around or something. And I was like, is that a Sasquatch print? You know, but I was like, no, it's too small. And I kind of brushed it off and left. And I just always wonder if that was really like maybe maybe I was in that vicinity for a reason or not. But it was pretty cool. That, that that is interesting. Nice. Make you makes you wonder. Yeah. Uh I don't know how we got so deep into the Sasquatch thing, but Oh, <laughs> you were asking for a story and <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was like nice. we we just mentioned well actually I, I was gonna talk about how we put Sasquatch, on Sasquatch but <laughs> Yeah. My my Vietnam vet friend, Daniel is his name. He's he's told me some interesting experiences that he's had during his time and man the that man has just been through the ringer like he's he's a, he's a very pacifistic man he tells me that he'd rather like let someone beat the crap out of him than raise a finger against them and just ask them when they're done if they feel any better wow <laughs> that's interesting yeah that's just he's not he's not a fighter that man is a lover all the way so, yeah, yeah it's rough that he even went through the Vietnam War. That was yeah, yeah. Those are the those are some of the sadder stories. So uh, uh, usually don't like to rehash. Yeah, yeah. Um. So back to something I was wanting to get into with you, CJ, is the uh, which uh, I'm I'm sure some other people are wanting to hear as well is. Your take on vaccines since that happened to you, uh, since you, you since you went through the, the you know the polio since the vaccine basically basically gave, gave me polio polio yeah. and now and now as you've grown and dealt with it, uh, what have you discovered? Why what have you discovered with these vaccines that might have caused that? Um, I've discovered that the same reason that they're telling uh or the same reason that they think that vaccines are causing autism like i've 
read through what they say uh, is causing that. And it's literally exactly what the doctors told me happened to my spine. So in the case of autism, what happened to me where it makes your body attack itself happens in the brain for autism. But for me, it happened in my spine. So it gave me nervous system damage instead of, you know, more brain-centered neurological damage. And what was that reason again? I, you said it earlier, oh, but I... To, makes your body attack itself. Yeah, what was, the, what was the terminology you used for that? that they oh, told post-viral lumbar myelopathy. Okay. And then they, they say it was post-viral lumbar myelopathy turn Guillain-Barre. And Guillain-Barre syndrome is one that people have a little bit more familiarity with. And that's basically the renamed version of polio. And now, what, what would you say to, to people out there who, you know, you got the anti-vax and the pro-vax community? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you can't just go out and tell people don't vaccinate your children, but, but it might be beneficial for them to hear, well, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't get very good responses, trust it, me. But, most people yeah. just aren't very receptive to that. Problem. No, and it's understandable. People care about their kids and they're confused. They don't really they don't really know if it's good or bad, you know? And then now there's this push that, you know, we all see this push, like anything anti-vax related is being suppressed, taken oh, offline. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you heard a story last week, Kara Mooney was on and she said one of her friends uh, had the feds after after him for diving into some anti-vax stuff online. Uh, it's, it's getting out of hand and- It really is. And then you have personal experiences as yourself coming forward uh, living the reality of it. And yeah, and I've heard people say like that they, they are okay with some kids getting injured by this because they are that convinced that it uh, will create this herd immunity where, yeah, you know, even the ones who can't get vaccinated will, you know, be safe because they have herd immunity now. Which is even which though is, that their vaccines, which is a complete even, yeah, it's yeah, it's such, it doesn't exist, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's always, almost always get sick immediately after your vaccinations, yeah, yeah, That's, um, and then not and to mention all like, the other all the other preservatives that are in vaccines that exactly are just like so bad for you, um, in general, though, I'd say that my stance lies not in the because we can't go gung-ho and, you know, just ban everything. People always want to ban whatever they're against. And yeah. I'm, I'm really against that. I really think that we should take more of a neutral standing on this. And just, it, well, I wouldn't even say neutral well, at this point, because there's just been so much damage caused by vaccinations that the research really needs to uh, be pro- done properly. Like, it's so insane that, people can see that and be like, that's, yeah, that's right. Like, that's okay. Or that, or, or even like, yeah, it should be that way, which is what oh, a lot man, of the pro-vaxxers. Just, people, are, people are programmed with this false superiority. Yeah. Like, it's all, pro- <laughs> it's all programming. That's all, that's really what it comes down to. That's why people get so triggered with anti-vax stuff and get so upset because it's the programming, like, is tied in with their emotions so they're like oh my god you're a terrible person oh my god you're gonna you're yeah yeah like oh you're an anti-vaxxer you're you're dangerous you're a dangerous person this is i've literally gotten this from people like 
Yeah, no, for sure. Like a dangerous person. I'm spreading dangerous information. And, and that's why they're okay. They're probably all okay with the censorship because they think, you know, they think it's for a good cause. Yeah. 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 They think dangerous information is being censored and, and it's a good thing when they really really think that the science behind all this has been, you know, solid from the beginning when it's just not even remotely the case like for instance yeah. when you actually look at the science studies, the science yeah, these quote-unquote studies has actually in all these years of vaccination not one of them has compared vaccinated children with unvaccinated children mm-hmm. to see which ones were actually healthier they yeah. haven't done that yeah yeah not to mention like how you know all the chemicals and all the stuff that's in there they haven't done studies to see like, oh, what happens if uh, when this reacts with this or when, you know, we're getting so many vaccines these days, like they haven't, they haven't, (laughs) they haven't tested what, like, oh, what's going to happen if like these chemicals react with this or this or, or all these vaccines on top of one another, you know? I just, I don't know how anyone could expect someone like me who has been directly injured by vaccinations to just go along with mandatory vaccinations. You think I'm going to let my kids be vaccinated after I already know that my genetics has a predisposition for being, you know, harmed or even maybe possibly targeted by these uh, vaccinations? No. Yeah, exactly. You're a direct, you you, like, you've experienced it because it happened to you. And when you have a perfectly healthy baby and then immediately after they get vaccinated, they, like they either die or they get yeah. permanently I'm damaged happy in some way or paralyzed or autistic or whatever. And it's happened over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, and the one argument that they use to like discredit that is, oh, correlation doesn't equal causation. You're just, it's all in your head. Yeah, that's like, so no, it's not all. It's, it's the evidence is clearly right there. And it, it's, Sometimes correlation does equal causation when something keeps happening over and over again after something else happens. Yeah, for sure. And there's no other explanation for why that should be happening. Guess what? That's the cause of it. It's like, it's just obvious, but they, they just don't want to see that. But yeah, one of the things that makes it hard. See, I thought I was doing a good thing by sharing information and in, in helping, you know, helping my friends out or whatever. But then they're coming out with opposing articles that say, oh, there's like, like 200 and something thousand studies proved it, that uh, vaccines are not related to autism or autism are not related to vaccines. And it's just like everything you try and push out there, there's more shit coming out that just like making it impossible to even for us to really even win the battle. So it's not even about that anymore. I think what it's about is having people like you come forward and tell your stories and they need to see it from that aspect because you're not going to win the battle with the, with the evidence. That's just not going to happen anymore. It's, yeah. So, so that's why hearing your story, you know, we can, we can dwell on, we can battle back and forth all day long, but hearing your story and so many other people, I think it's, I think it's important for people. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome that you're like striving. You're like, you're, I know you're seeing, you're a healer yourself and you've been seeing like seeing uh, uh, 
some other healers, correct? To try and like you, you told me at Dimensions of Disclosure, your goal is to be walking again one day. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, for sure. One hundred percent. Tell me and, how you plan on doing that because I think if you can do it, then you you would it would be a huge testimony to you know what's possible. Yeah, for sure. Uh, really, how I intend to do that is you know, chi work, energy work, just you know the the mind and just really projecting that you know into my body and lighting it up and letting that healing energy flow through it and honestly i need to do more work in that regards it's it can be so hard to really be committed to healing yourself it's for me it's a lot easier to try and commit myself to healing someone else's troubles than to heal my own because you know it it gets so easy to just get used to being in a wheelchair you know after so many years of dealing with it and then like just you know a few months ago I fall and snap my femur in two knocks me right back in the wheelchair where I was just doing you know better than ever prior to that but uh as far as like seeing other healers go that's really a good part of the reason why I'm moving to Oregon is to be up there with Eric Rains and uh, Eric Rains is amazing yeah yeah, he's yeah. he's fantastic, and he's gonna help me get my body in order. And I already know that I can make a lot of progress because back when I first had my spiritual awakening back in uh, 2015, when it really kicked in strong, I was just scooting around I literally couldn't walk at all at the time like my right leg couldn't support any weight and I was just you know scooting across the ground and pulling myself up into my wheelchair to get around and I had this shift that happened where I went from in a matter of really a week or two I went from hardcore militant atheist to spending 80% 80% of my time outside meditating and connecting with nature. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was a really big jump for me because I was, I was already on the fence because I've, you know, I've had so many weird experiences in my life. So I always believed in consciousness and I always wanted to believe in, you know, like psychic abilities and whatnot, but I, I didn't want to let myself believe and get my hopes up, you know, for something mm-hmm. that wasn't real. And so I held myself back and I cling pretty hard to my atheist mentality until finally enough things started adding up. And it was, it was really the aerokinesis bit, like learning aerokinesis and like tapping into my own chi that just blew it all open for me. And like, it was, it was, I could literally feel the, massive shift in my reality like it was like I was no longer it was like I woke up in a completely different world I even have notes where I've written that you know like I felt like I was in a parallel reality and so much more became possible like that and so I went from scooting around to actually being able to stand up and walk and take steps in about two and a half three weeks time because I started using chi work on my body and started projecting that energy into my legs and just like kind of running my hands down them and like just really feeling that magnetism throughout every part of my body and pulsing healing and tension through that. 
And yeah, it was just that two, three week period of time that like it, it, it was, there was there was no going back whatsoever. And I I've I've only made progress since then, but yeah, that was that was that was really the start of it. And I and I wanna know real quick, what do y'all think when y'all hear aerokinesis? To be honest, I don't have a, I don't have a good understanding of it. So I don't I don't know. I don't have I don't have anything to relate it to, so maybe you can enlighten me a little bit. For sure, for sure. Yeah. What, same. What, what, yeah, okay. <laughs> Cuz people for for me I say aerokinesis and I know exactly what it means and then other people are like they get so many other misconceptions when I say that. Well, it's like and, it's telekinesis which is like moving things with your mind. Yeah, like and arrow. this is basically arrow wind, so moving Yeah, wind I was going to say like mind. air yeah like moving and i'm actually working on some courses to teach people how to do this sort of you know chi work and environmental manipulation for themselves and what i consider aerokinesis is basically realizing your own oneness and going out and meditating because aerokinesis is a meditative act and I call it uh, harmonization. And so you're just going out, meditating on your oneness, realizing that everything around you is just a reflecting a reflection of yourself, and then connecting out with that. And you literally start just feeling the energy. And you really have to like not take, you know, oneness for just you know uh, uh, some word you've got to feel it you've got to know that everything around you is a part of you and you start branching your energy out and you just feel the wind going across your skin and you start playing with it and this led to some pretty profound results pretty quickly where I was I was directing the wind and it was doing exactly what I wanted and I can I've 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 demonstrated to a large number of people at this point it was really funny whenever I uh demonstrated to my grandma because I had made a video and I had this 10 minute video and I I show it to her and the first thing my own grandma tells me is well how long did you have to sit outside to get that filmed like, you know, like I sat there for hours yeah. on end just to get this little piece of footage where, you know, it looked for several minutes like I was tuned in with the wind. And I was like, well, thanks, Grandma. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like the, if you won't even trust me, like, how, how, how is anyone else going to see this video and trust it? And so I I brought her outside. I was like, you know what, let's let's just go outside. It's 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 a good time of day for this so brought outside it's about 4 p.m in the evening and like none of the none of the trees in her yard like she's got a big yard filled with trees there are trees across the uh, stand of trees across the street and nothing's really moving at all there's there's no wind movement and I point that out to her and I then start 
doing energy work, tapping into the surroundings. And within a minute, I've got, you know, the whole yard moving with air and the trees across the street. And I start blowing wind onto the front porch to, so that, you know, it's wow. giving my, my grandma a nice breeze. And she's just sort of blown away. Like she's like, whoa, you know, he's, he's not just messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the last airbender. <laughs> no, I'm the first the airbender. First. Yeah. I wow. intend to teach this to people. That's incredible. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I, I, uh, I told you this the other night on the phone, but uh, some of your meditation techniques uh, that you were using at Dimensions of Disclosure, uh, I've carried it, I've carried those on with myself and used them in my meditations, and uh, and I they work, they work. I mean, I guess everybody everybody has different stuff that works for them, but I, I really think what you were doing was interesting, and I, I know there's something to it. Yeah, and like. Sure, yes, like every, you know, different things work for everyone, but I know without a doubt that everyone can do what I can do. Like, well, well, I, that's what I intend to uh, teach people with these harmonization courses. Well, yeah. that's what you said. Your, your mission is to, like, help people uh, realize their infinite potential and and, you know, not be blinded by the veils of and limits of society or and you know however you yeah. <laughs> I uh I think that's interesting I think that's very interesting yeah yeah well yeah like that's what uh Eric Rain says that all the time he's like what I'm doing any you can all do it's just a matter of tapping into our our own abilities and our own just yeah and then time and, and practice like yeah you, yeah and, and really honing that and practicing the, you don't put the time there it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get anything with it because like i was telling you right off the bat i was because i i had a huge conflict within myself and i was like something has to give so i decided i'm going to set aside all of my doubts for one week and i'm going to try and like really give it my all to see if aerokinesis is real see if i've just been imagining for years because i actually had this little practice like i already knew aerokinesis was real because in high school i had this little practice where every time i would go outside i would project my energy outside of myself and feel the wind and try and deflect the wind so that it wouldn't mess up my hair <laughs> <laughs> well you don't have to worry about that anymore no, no, I do not. yeah but that, I, I had this practice for years in high school so i started learning that i was tapping into something like i could feel the wind outside of myself and then i could shift it and like i knew it was really? about to blow on me and then it wouldn't it would like i could feel the wind move over me and so I knew I had something there to begin with. And so once I had come back around when I was 20 years old and I had found some videos of someone else doing aerokinesis on uh, YouTube, that it spurred me to, you know, really see if, you know, it, it, it was real, like, and it could be like harnessed and like tapped into like a, a muscle, you know, a skill mm -hmm. that you could 
get results that would prove it to someone because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to prove this to people, not just be like, oh, hey, I can deflect a little bit of wind and not have my hair mess up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like people moving objects with their mind, you know. Um, I have a friend who just showed me the other day she can move very small objects, but it's, it's, it's no joke. She can move something just right across the table, you know. Uh, really? It's, cool. it's entirely possible. Uh, and it's just mind blowing. Like you said, our infinite potential. Like we have, we have been lied to about what we're really capable of. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, our mind is just so much more powerful than even we understand that we give ourselves credit for. for uh, sure. And it just, there's so much learning to do, but in order to do that learning, you have to kind of unlearn everything you've been taught up until this point, because that's just a huge part. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. been, mold, we've yeah. been molded into something that we're really not. And, and part of, part of this is just remembering who we are. And I think, I think that's probably where my atheism, my atheism in the beginning helped me a lot because I was already questioning everything. Like the, there was, there was nothing I wouldn't question. And, and so I was liberated, but also extremely confused at the same time until I found, you know, something to really start building what I thought was truth out of. And I've actually got a, an experience that happened really early on that I'd like to share with the audience because that one, that one was a big shift for me because I had been, you know, doing a lot of research and whatnot about advanced technologies and, you know, government corruption and all that before I finally made the jump to, you know, doing aerokinesis. So I was already highly interested in government corruption and like, you know, taking my health into my own hands and eating all organic and nice. So, uh, yeah, let's hear it. Let's yeah, hear it. I, yeah, yeah, I was, I, I, you know, I'm sure you both know about electromagnetic gravitics or you know electrogravitics, anti-gravity technology. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I had been reading quite a bit about it at this time, and I'd even uh, started reading that uh, textbook that's out on anti-gravity. That's like by Paul Leviathan or something like that. And so I was, I was outside doing aerokinesis and I'd already been told, I, I'd been told by uh, some people that I was learning from that I might see strange things and that, you know, I shouldn't, shouldn't freak out if I do see anything like extremely weird. And so I learned that basically the military has very advanced satellite imagery and they can detect minor shifts in energy across all of the planet. They can even detect our individual energies. And so I, I've heard that I was, as well. Yeah. I was outside yeah. in my uh, backyard. And, and at the time, whenever I was learning this, I was, uh, I was living in a trailer park. So I was, I was having to be very careful constantly looking around to make sure no one was walking by while I'm sitting here playing with the wind and waving my hands all about. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, 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 I'm out there playing for a little while and I take a good 
10, 15 minute break and I'm just sitting there on the steps enjoying my time. And I look back and forth like I'm in the habit of doing and like, so, like something flips in me and I'm like, wait a second, what did I just see? And I whip my head back leftward and above my neighbor's trailer, a good 50 to 70 feet away from me is this metal orb it's just uh, imagine as dark of a gray as you can without making it black and just it looks like a super dense metal and it had these engravings on it that like it had like a, an area engraved for the camera port and then these other engravings that went all the way around it and kind of over the top as well and it was all in like rather sharp angular lines and this thing had to be between eight inches and a foot in diameter. And it was just hovering there. And as I was looking back at it, it's in middle of turning on its access. It's not yet moving. So it was just sitting there watching me until I spotted it. And then it starts just smoothly turning on an axis, like nothing I'd ever seen before, and just starts flying away silently and there doesn't even seem to be much of a hurry to it because uh, I get to watch it for a good 10-15 seconds before it flies behind a stand of trees and just kind of continues going out and upward and wow, I was baffled incredible. and I just I just started cursing I was like holy f and f and I got I got super excited and I, I sold my PlayStation for, bought a video camera. <laughs> nice. Awesome. It was great. <laughs> wow. I was, I, I was pretty hyped. I was like, I have no use for games anymore. Yeah. I used After to be. After I found Eric Kinesis. Yeah. I, like, I am my avatar. I, I, I am the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. So the orb flew off. And then what happened next? <laughs> I cursed a bunch. Yeah. That was. That was, that was what happened after that. And I, I still haven't ever seen another one of those orbs. And I just wonder, like, was that orb shown to me on purpose? Was it, say, oh, uh, absolutely. Like, like, surely if it has electrogravitics, then it also has the cloaking technology, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is yeah, basically yeah. the same technology because it just has to bring its mass down to zero. And then when your mass is zero in this dimension, you sort of blip out because you're no lo longer connected to our vibratory, you know, field. Yeah. And uh, well, and I, I certainly believe that was a catalyst that needed to happen in order for you to quit playing games and start focusing, li literally quit playing PlayStation 4 and right. start, <laughs> start focusing on your mission, you know. Uh, no, I think we all experienced something like that at one point or another that that's that, that drives us another direction. I mean, that's part of what this awakening is. You need something that triggers it. Otherwise, you're never gonna. You're never. Yeah, gonna... I became. I came, I became pretty set on like filming something, and every time I would have a contact experience, I like my. I would be just too late to like barely too late to pull my camera out and get it recorded or I would be trying to record it and nothing would show up on the camera. Mm -hmm. And 
So I, I kind of eventually stopped trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one, I, go ahead. Uh, okay, well, after I got into aerokinesis, it was really a short order for me to start getting into CE5, and that's Close nice. Encounters of the Fifth Kind, yeah. uh, Stephen Greer's protocols. And I started getting, but it was like, it was just one thing after another that was coming into my reality. And then I was proving it to myself, like, or it would manifest an experience that did prove it to me, like with the orb. Yes. And so it was just like one thing after another coming into my reality that before wasn't a possibility. And now I accept it as a possibility and I actively work towards bringing it into my reality and I get a confirmation. And so that just radically changed my life and CE5 I just highly recommend to anyone to now explain that explain what CE5 is because a lot of people I didn't know what it was when I first heard it so explain it for anybody who might not know close encounters of the fifth kind means human initiated extraterrestrial contact meaning you're the one who is taking the step to invite beings from all throughout the galaxy or cosmos or you know beyond <laughs> yes to your location so that y'all can have some sort of co-created experience together yes. and, and this is initiated through uh, a form of ceremony i guess you would say or a meditation it, 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 it can be that's okay. yeah it, 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 there's sometimes like Stephen Greer does a lot of the pujas and whatnot. I don't really, yeah, I don't really yeah. do any of that. But I'll listen to, you know, one of his meditations for it. And like, if you're new to it, definitely start off listening to his meditations for it. But you know, now nowadays, I just I just know the protocol. I might put on you know some of the tunes from his ET Contact Tool app, and that's a seven dollar app. But I really do high, highly recommend it. It's it's got a bunch of fabulous tools and like little tones that you can play that sort of attract you know that vibe because there's some recordings on there from crop circles and tones of that nature and so uh nice. yeah, I, you you were talking about just like the what sort of it what sort of process it takes to invite these beings and mm. so that so you uh, like at uh, Dimensions of Disclosure, Emory Smith, I, you know, they had the, I would, what I would consider a ceremony. They yeah, blessed, I, they blessed the land. They, oh yeah, they, they, they did a puja. Yeah, that I was, was, yeah, that's I was what there for that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I personally wasn't there because I was suffering from a food allergy, but I was down the hill and I still saw blue orbs that forever changed my life. It was just, it was incredible. I wasn't, you, you know, you look in the sky expecting and hoping to see something every night. But when you, something shows up and just your hair stands up, you freak out. My dad's getting something out of the car. I'm like, look, look, look. And he's, look, he's looking straight up. He's not looking forward. He missed the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, so, it's so crazy when you're not, when something finally does show up. And that's another thing. I had uh, a, a girl I was seeing at the time was with me in my backyard and we saw a UFO and you mentioned the camera thing. 
I we I had plenty of time to pull my phone out and try and get a video of this thing. Never once crossed my mind. I was so yeah. Cap- so we were both so captivated. We're looking at each other. Are you seeing this? Like, are we not crazy? Like, this is really flying over our house right now. Um, you don't always think about get, grabbing your no, phone. You and You're just stuff. too caught up in the moment. Like, because it's it's wild. Like one of my first experiences was because I didn't start CE5 until after I'd already seen that orb. So I had, I had that experience under my belt when I started and I, I started just putting out the intent that I wanted to have contact, you know, without the expectation to get, you know, some cool flashy show right before my eyes as I was asking for it. Yeah. And I, at, at the time had the habit of I was always waking up at five o'clock every morning and I'd go sit out under the stars and meditate and I'd always I I was seeing orbs do weird aerial maneuvers pretty much every morning for a while there but there came this one morning where I accidentally woke up at six and I was like dang you know I was disappointed I missed my you know meditation under the stars and I go outside immediately to let my dog out and I roll up to the steps and I look up and my eyes immediately are fixed on one of you know 12 stars that are left in the sky because the sun is coming up and I'm watching this one star in particular don't still can't tell you why I fixated on this star from the get-go but it starts moving and it grows brighter and brighter and brighter until it's about, geez, it had to have been 10 to 15 times as bright as what it had originally started out as. And it was already one of the brightest stars in the sky. And it just, it grew really bright. And as it traveled like a quarter of the way across the sky, it got to its brightest point and then it just blinked out of existence. I then saw this little gray blip and then it was gone. And wow. so I was like, I might've woke up, you know, late tonight, but yeah, there's, there's, there's my greetings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <said> hello. <laughs> yeah. And you weren't, I, you were drawn to look at that star, you know? Yeah. And I, I'd like just woke up. Yeah. So like, there's, there's really nothing on my mind at the time. I'm just like, I'm sitting here like staring at all. And with my left hand, I'm digging in my backpack, which is on my, <laughs> wheelchair and trying to pull out my new video camera <laughs> yeah yeah didn't didn't succeed <laughs> yeah didn't even get it out in time but yeah that, like that's what, happened, that's what happened with us when we saw the uh the one on my backyard in my backyard uh we were both drunk like we weren't even looking up and all of a sudden we both looked up at the same time like something told us to look up Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and and right there, it's just it's just weird how it happened. You know, it's you don't just both people just simultaneously look at the sky together. Yeah, um, they they just give you like this subconscious telepathic energetic cue, and you're just drawn towards it without even really understanding why. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it's very it's amazing to, to really have a sighting like that. Uh, Aaron, I know you saw a lot out of the, um, con- what was contact in the desert? I know, was it? Uh, 
Mount Shasta. At Mount like Shasta, yeah. Eclipse of Disclosure, yeah, which is in the Mount Shasta. That's what area. it was. Okay. Um, that was the that was the first time I'd ever seen UFOs or or you know light ships or whatever you want to call them. Um, we saw them like every night. If you just if you just looked up at night, you'll event you would eventually see a light moving around in the sky there that's, um, that's probably yeah. how it's going to be at east city range for you too oh i guarantee yeah i think it's that's even more be, so there yeah that's going to be i that's going to be awesome i know i, I just cannot, know that I, I cannot wait yeah <laughs> i have a feeling that you're going to have a really profound experience down there i think I don't, you're going to have yeah. a blast no I, I have that feeling too actually yeah um but but actually so that was the first time uh in mount shasta and then january of last year so 2018 um i is this was in the st louis area actually which is where i i grew up and where i used to live before i moved here i'm in wichita kansas right now but um i i was with a friend actually who um is is into the stuff that we're into actually she was at she was actually at uh dimensions of disclosure um her name's marie um you might have seen her post on facebook and stuff but Anyways, we were we were hanging out just talking and all of a sudden we see these three lights just like start moving around in the sky. And they all like kind of converged on one another. And they formed uh Orion's belt. It was like three dots that were in the exact layout of nice. Orion's belt. Yeah. Um and they just stayed there for like about 5 minutes I want to say um and like they were at they were all different uh brightness too so one was really bright one was like medium and one was small and one was like the least bright um and it just they just stayed there for like i don't know at least three minutes i want to say like five minutes and then they just slowly started moving away and then and then like went away yeah, that's super awesome. That's super yeah. Awesome. And I thought that was really interesting of like why they chose to to form Orion's Belt. Um, yeah, maybe it has to show where they're from. You know, it's just like, hey, you know, we're from yeah. Orion. My theory is it's either yeah, it's either to show where they're from, um, or you know, that's kind of the most recognizable uh, constellation or part of the constellation. I feel like you know everyone you know they see the those three stars in that way it's like oh that's orion's belt you know so maybe maybe they were like just trying to give a hey we're here like um and they're like well that's that's the most like well-known most recognizable pattern for like a constellation so yeah we all know the pyramids are aligned with it you know we yeah, hear yeah. about it we hear about it in school it's the one we can all relate to yeah yeah, so maybe my theory is, is I'm kind of leaning towards that. Maybe it probably has a bit, bigger energetic significance than we all even realize. Sure. That, oh, otherwise, yeah. why would the why would the ancient right. structures be aligned with it? You know, there's I've I've heard a whistle exactly. uh, a whistleblower one time saying, you know, uh, there's a video I watched. This guy, he was neighbors with somebody who worked uh, in Area 51 or somewhere, and they finally got drunk one night and they were sitting outside, and he's like, yeah, he goes you know he's like dude we're not alone he's like you know there's we've been dealing with ets for decades now and uh he he said orion's belt he's like like he explained what species lived on each star in orion's belt i don't remember exactly i know what one was a type of gray the other one was a type of reptilian and i forget what the other one was 
And this guy was just going deep, just like spilling all the beans to this to his neighbor. It was really cool. Uh, it was a really cool video. Whether there's any validity to it or not, uh, stuff like that's interesting to me because it really it really gets your you know wheels turning. It's just yeah, yeah. Look at it from another perspective, and I do believe I do believe it honestly, just from my own experiences. I know for a fact that they exist. I've had my own personal visions, visions oh, yeah. sightings, experiences. Uh, I mean, I could go into it. I, I I thought about writing a book one time, but I don't think I'm quite ready to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you are. Like, you'd sent me that little bit that you'd already written, and I thought it was fabulous. Well, thank you. I, 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 I really think you should, you should, do, it. You should do that. <laughs> I started it, and I, I got this really strong feeling that it just wasn't the time I, I had some more stuff to deal with and go through. And I, I, I think I'm going to uh, explore it again one day. It'll come back around, I'm sure. Yeah, I just, I, because I, so much stuff has happened since I started writing that, that I think it's going to just change the whole direction of it now. You know, I needed to, I needed to go through a couple more things personally. Right, certain, yeah. yeah. The, often I find the initial phases in a project really end up pushing you toward where you need to be and just evolve the whole project and it's like you know never what you thought it was going to be in the beginning yeah yeah that's exactly what happened exactly what happened uh i i think you were writing something at one time also you sent me some uh pages from it uh has it that ever gone anywhere for you or is it still one of well, those it's it's actually one of my primary projects is my book series that I'm working on. Awesome. And, Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been working on that. That I, that's what I consider the true start of my spiritual awakening. Looking back was, it was, geez, it had to have either been as late as it can get in 2012. Like, you know, the last, the last couple weeks of December there or the first couple weeks of January in 2013 but i was in astronomy class and my teacher was talking about how like he liked to teach us a little bit about some of the stuff that he was looking into that wasn't a part of the curriculum so i always i greatly appreciate that and he was telling us about how electrons don't actually orbit an atom an atom in a linear way like we think an electron blinks back and forth from where it needs to be on the, you know, yeah. it's, it's orbital path. And so that got me thinking, you know, there's this blip of time where the electron is out of existence. And so if it's not in existence here, it has to be in existence somewhere else. So immediately that's when in my head and I didn't know anything about any of the spiritual community stuff whatsoever this is ignorant high school atheist CJ mm-hmm. and I just get this sort of download that's like the fifth dimension and the f- it started forming in my mind what the fifth dimension was and it was this basically plane of existence where the life energy of all things exists and that sort of started me down the road to building the world for my book 
And so in the, in the beginning, the series was entitled The Fifth Dimension. And so now, now it's, gosh, it's just, it's evolved so much. I, I don't even know how I would explain it to you, but it's a sci-fi fantasy series that takes place in uh, the year 2374. And it's kind of like what would happen in th- if we went, all, went along our, pa- our current path right now for 300 years and Cabal was still in control. And they've made this one world government. The negative and time. Yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, time, but, but to a degree, like, they've created this seemingly utopian world and this one world government. But, you know, as you, is usually the case with the utopian worlds, there's some shady business going on somewhere. And... Yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I don't even know how to like really <laughs> give anything more than that. That wouldn't just take forever to explain because I've been working on this for just over six years now, and wow. Wow. I've just built so much to it. I've got, I've got on my first like official first draft because I've gone through and rewritten the thing like, you know five six times to try and get the world exactly how i wanted yeah. and like i never finished a draft until this one where i've got 150,000 words so about like 320 pages for your typical you know like big book and now i'm i'm, I'm working on the I, i've compiled the second draft and like it doesn't all just take place on earth some of it takes takes place in a space fleet and some of it takes place on another planet and so it's probably going to end up being a three book series and i i intend to teach people a lot about not just you know the human experience and the experience of polarity in it but i want to i want to teach them the fundamentals of work and so many other things through the book so that's very that's, cool that's awesome. very cool Definitely one of my primary pur- purposes like my mom she was told by a psychic when she was pregnant with me that she would one day write a book and she, yeah my mom's well after i started writing my book my mom told me about that and she was like well i'm pretty sure the psychic was referring to you <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah. she you, she was pregnant with you, so yeah, so she picked it's very it interesting. You, very yeah. Interesting. Well, wow. CJ, I think uh, we've been going for about an hour and a half now, haven't we, Aaron? Yeah. There, well, I was wanting you to talk about your Puerto Rico. Trip. Yeah, definitely. It was a blast. Like, just uh, had a lot of fun. So I I went there with uh, to to stay with a friend who I'd met at Dimensions of Disclosure. So it, it was, he's actually the first person I, uh, or at least the first uh, attendant of the event who I ran into at Dimensions of Disclosure. And so that, that, that worked out really well. It's just divine timing. And awesome. we've been, like, since I was there and talking to him, we've been talking about me going to Puerto Rico to, you know, hang out with him for a time and work on some things. And 
finally happened. And yeah, it was, it was just a freaking blast. Like it's in general, it's so different dealing with a lot of people from this community than it is with, you know, regular people Normal who are people. just like yeah into like all the mainstream stuff yeah it's, it's yeah. so different it really is the normies as they say <laughs> yeah it really is different it's diff it's difficult uh different not difficult all time but it's it's definitely different uh i thought the petroglyphs that you got to see what you oh were yeah pictures of that I was awesome that was awesome tell us about that so, okay so i I knew that going to Puerto Rico that like I'd already found this location called the written stone, La Piedra Escrita, that like I felt this strong, you know, vortex portal energy there. And so I'd already found this place on Google Maps after uh, Dimensions of Disclosure and was getting a really strong energetic read off of it. And it was like, I, th I think that's the you know next portal I should be opening. And so yeah i started actually doing so, some of the portal work on that on uh 3 11 so m march 11th and like i i felt that that was a good time to start doing it and so i started doing the meditation that night and i felt you know the this energy rise up through me and connect up and that's that's what it feels like for me with these portals is that I just I feel this earthly energy shoot up through me and then I just like you know connect it up with the heavens because up in our higher atmosphere we have these little energetic vortex you know vortices that bring in higher dimensional energy and so I just connect those two things together and yeah, I started doing that that night. And the next morning, I actually woke up to an earthquake. Really? <laughs> yeah, that was wow. that was the first time I've ever I've ever been in an earthquake. So I I just woke up to this like energy that it it, it was wild because it was like shaking and rumbling, but it didn't last more than two seconds. And I felt this energy pop up from the earth. It was like, you know, when you pop a bone, how that mm -hmm. feels, how it just yeah. gives that energetic rise. It yeah. felt like the earth had just popped a bone and that energy it went directly into my stomach and I felt it like shake my stomach and then it reverberated through my whole body. And I was just like, oh, like it just felt, it felt really good. Oh, yeah. and, and then I was like, I, I kind of like started sitting up and I was like, that was an earthquake, right? And my friend Pa was like, yeah, that's that's an earthquake. And it was a 4.8 magnitude earthquake. Wow. So San Juan has earthquakes, but that's definitely the higher end. Interesting. That's that. Wow. You, look what you did. You started an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, energetic activations. I mean, we already know that that's part of the earth's way of dealing with it you know these earthquakes volcanic eruptions i don't know if y'all heard about the volcano starting erupting in um where's that place it's it's near uh it's near mexico city i it's yeah I, I think I, I read something about it but i didn't 
I scrolled across it, but I didn't read anything about it. Yes, yeah, so one of Mexico's biggest volcanoes, and its activity has just been rising and rising as of late until it finally uh, had a small eruption. But that still sent, you know, stuff flying a mile into the air. Well, we're not only not we're not the only ones ascending. So is Mother Earth, and and that's right, exactly. it's, it's like yeah, ascension, yeah. ascension symptoms of the Earth. Essentially, that's why we're ascending at this time is because the Earth is. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's no choice. And you can either happening. you can either go with Gaia, or you, or you or you'll go, or you'll stay on the uh, the 3D timeline. Yeah. The, the strangest thing happened after the earthquake because it was 15 to 30 minutes after the earthquake i was just sitting there waking up and i felt this energy all like it was a similar energy to what had you know burst up whenever the earthquake happened except for i i felt this i felt a golden serpent rise so i just felt this golden serpent energy is like happened very quick and vividly where this golden serpent rised up through me and went up and connected with the heavens and like it just shot out from the earth and that's beautiful yeah like this, yeah this energy that you know connects with the multi-dimensional levels that are weaving this grid throughout our planet and that's yeah that's what we're working at activating to really anchor in these higher energies into our dimension and transform this reality. Yeah. And you were talking about the, uh, the like vortices up in the atmosphere and stuff. Mm -hmm. Have you ever explored the possibility that that could be, uh, cause we don't just have seven chakras. We have 12 chakras. We have two right, one above our head and another one a little higher than one at the edge of the atmosphere, the one in the solar system, the one outside of the solar system. And, and that's part of ascension is you, you, you access one chakra at a time. And even some of the ET races are doing this, doing, working on that as well. So you think maybe that's possibly what you're connecting with when you, when you were opening that portal is just an, an aspect of you maybe? No. No. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's planetary. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely think this is planetary. I mean, in a sense, yes, everything is an aspect of us. Yeah. But with the chakras, there's so many different uh, ways of viewing the chakras. Like I actually, one of the, because you just stated that there's 12 chakras. And one of my favorite meditations that connects me in really deeply is this one connecting yourself with the 13th chakra. Oh, which wow. is, you know, you've got your, your seven going up to here. And then your eight just starts kind of like weaving you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, like starts just weaving this web around you. And then it comes together like up and behind you at the 13th. At least this is the way that I see it. Sure. There's, yeah, who knows? And, 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 yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's all energy. It's just different ways of taking in, you know, the same energies because ultimately it's all just one. Yeah. Like we can come yeah. up with all these little infinite amount of divisions for everything and all the densities and dimensions, but ultimately it's all just one thing that's infinitely connected with itself. And so that 13th chakra meditation just really helps me like activate all of them and just have it free flowing yes, so that it really nice. goes back to just being one. That's interesting. Just I have to learn that one. Yeah, no, instead of breaking them down, 
seeing them as one, which is like you said, oneness isn't just a word. We really need to start practicing that. Um, but I think we've gone a little over our time. At, uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, is there any last things you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Um, in regards to what we were just talking about, uh, Eric Rains said something to me that really, uh, he, he was talking about how, you know, we really are just one big free flowing chakra. Like that's, or that's the goal is to become one big free flowing chakra because, you know, everything's just one in general. Mm -hmm. but, Correct. Uh, yeah. Um, do you, awesome. uh, are you attending any events this summer? Any conferences? Anybody can look forward to seeing you anywhere? Not that I know of. I mean, yeah. unless I get invited out and, you know, things change. No. <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be looking out for, uh, we'll definitely be looking out for you in the future. Uh, your book, you say you're starting a podcast. Uh, so yeah. you have some projects. Several avenues. Yeah, I'm several excited. Avenues. Definitely excited to hear, uh, see what you got coming. So, uh, anyway, thanks again for coming on. We had a great time, man. It was awesome, yeah, interesting. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah, Greatly it's uh, it. yeah, it's it's awesome. You could talk about vaccines, Sasquatch, oneness, extraterrestrials, yeah. all in one conversation. Uh, yeah, portals, meditation. It was definitely awesome. That's how it should be. All you're those the people. Together. You're the best type of guest. We can talk about anything. Yeah, <laughs> basically, exactly. <laughs> great. All right, man. Well, good night. It was great having yeah. you on. Good night. Yeah. Thank you all. And have a fantastic night. Yeah, you too. All right. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're still working out the kinks. Yeah. If you can't tell this whole. <laughs> I understand. I'm about to be starting up my own, so. Oh, are you really? Nervous about that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to start up Enshrouded Truths podcast. Enshrouded Truths. I like that name. And that's that's that's, that's the name of my book series too. So. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. So I was, I was like, that's I'll just make that my thing. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like this uh, this podcast. Uh, I have a Facebook group called Journey to Truth. Yes. You're, yeah, you're, I, I think I'm you're in it, it, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and then when I gave Tyler the idea for the podcast, and we were we were wanting to do it, and we we're like, I guess we'll just call it Journey to Truth podcast. Why not? Dude, it, it's, I love it. Like now, you. you need a Journey yeah. to Truth book series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I gotta start the book series. Hey, so. that now, you, yeah. Now you now you know the name of your book. And yeah, a clothing, and a clothing line. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. T-shirts. Yeah, just a whole franchise, Journey to Truth, everything. Love it. Yeah. So I guess wherever you want to edit back in, Aaron, just ask him about Puerto Rico again, and we'll just go from there. Okay. Yep.